Hi, this is Paul from Five on Film. Just a quick note before you start this week's episode. We recorded this with four members of the panel all in the same room and one of us over Zoom. This is the first episode we've been all together, um, which was great. But unfortunately, it did cause some unforeseen audio issues. So for the first 20 minutes of the episode, the sound isn't as good as we would have hoped for. We're going to learn from it and we assure you, We'll have the best sound in the future. I hope you enjoy this week's episode, The Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Five, four, three, two, one. We're in the pipe. Five by five. This is the Five on Film podcast. Hello and welcome to Fire and Film, the podcast where we try and break down the top five in the world of film. I'm your host, Paul, and joining us this week are John. Hello. Ollie. Ellen's beard. And our two guests this week, Rich. Expecto Patronum. And Steve. We got in. So this week, if it wasn't completely obvious, we are chatting Harry Potter and Harry Potter Universe movies, and we're going to try and break down the top five. This is how the show works. We're going to start with three rounds, nomination, elimination, and ranking. First, we're going to try and nominate a film that we think deserves to be on the top five. If two of our fellow panelists agree, it's going to make our initial list. I'm going to try and get going to seven films. Then, once we've got our seven, we're going to try and not uh, eliminate two, give Ligonus with five, and then we're going to rank those five, leaving it with this week's five on film. And believe it or not, we're all in the same room. Nearly, yeah, no, sorry. He's <laughs> <laughs> is. So, so um, this is the first one we've done in the same room. So, I hope it, uh, hope it goes well. Um, if you'd like to speak to us, talk to us, uh, get involved on the socials, which is at Five on Film Podcast for, for Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Apple Podcast or Spotify to have a listen along. So, without further ado, we're going to start, start the, show. the show. And uh, Steve. Which film is the first film that you think deserves to be on the top five of I'm Harry Potter? Really struggling with my top few, um, but the one I think definitely deserves to be there is definitely Harry Potter. Okay, why? Um, <clears throat> there was a lot of reasons that I. Um, Thoughts about it a lot, but I um, I remember so vividly going and seeing definitely how this box in the cinema um, because I hadn't seen the first couple in the cinema and then the final three films I did. Um, and for a series to, for a single series that has like a true line to culminate as well as it did, I think, um, over eight films and maintain. I don't feel like it was a particularly weak film in the original franchise. Um, but for the culmination that we got, it sort of ticked all the boxes for me. It gave us 
the resolutions that we wanted in the it's high for the reasons it um we we'd seen these characters grow up for nearly a decade um and nothing was sort of left unturned totally it was a great, great film, film. It, yeah. um i think the score to it was amazing the battle of hogwarts i think is one of the best parts of the series because hogwarts itself was almost a character in the series um and to see something that you sort of all got sort of attached to um sort of destroyed but then by the end of the film sort of all tied up and it becomes the scene of just so much emotion i think it's uh really good i think the whole epilogue that they asked it 19 years later really i think like a touching fine sort of sort of moment which i think was really good um and yeah it just it sort of referenced every part of the series that had meant something so um i agree i think it's a a worthy pick. I'm going to throw it over to Ollie. Is it definitely Hallows Part Two? Yeah, I, I agree five? with it. Everything that uh, Steve said there, it, the it, it did bring it to a great kind of resolution. Um, I've recently read the books with my eldest daughter, um, and the end of the film, or, or like the, the Battle of Hogwarts, like the, the kind of the crucial moment. Um, in the film, it, it happened slightly differently in the books, but I, I think what they did in the film worked better for film. Um, what I like about this is uh, that Neville is is pretty much the hero of of the Battle of Hogwarts. I mean, Harry obviously has a huge kind of part to play in his his kind of epic battle with Voldemort, which which is something um, that doesn't doesn't really happen in in the books. It's it's, it's, it's quite different. But in, in the movie, they have a bit more of a scrap. I, th I think if you'd have tried to visualize, if you tried to kind of commit to film exactly as it had been in, in the book, then it, it wouldn't have worked to, as, a, as a climax to the movie, to a movie. Um, so, so I think what David Yates did with it was was, was brilliant and worked even better. Um, I, I like the the, the the kind of the growth of Neville's character from kind of going from being like the the kind of the shy, wimpy one that kind of gets everything wrong to to being being one of the kind of the main heroes. Um, I, I really like how the movie starts. It kind of obviously picks up, because it's two halves of one book, isn't it? So it picks up immediately after they've escaped Malfoy Manor. And, oh my God, can I talk about the death of Dobby? That, that gets you oh. right in the fields, doesn't it? And that, that, that's how we start. We're kind of, we're burying Dobby. But then you kind of have that really intense, moment where Harry goes and he's basically trying to negotiate with Grip the Goblin and that that scene um, it's, it's, it's played out brilliantly um, Warwick Davis um, who I know really quite well um, who played Grip that's probably his the best acting um, he, he's ever done in a movie it, it was incredible um, so yeah I love how it starts it is like Steve said it's a brilliant culmination um, of all the kind of the efforts and all the movies that have kind of gone over the years and it comes to a brilliant resolution and um, so yeah absolutely definitely Hallows part two is on the list and i imagine it will be quite high up nice one uh john are you gonna say this one makes it um i i like it 
but um, it's uh, it's a bit lower on my list. I think I kind of find that the, the later ones kind of lost it a little bit. Okay. Um, in saying that, it, it does very nicely tie the title stories up. I think the bit where Emma Watson is doing Helena Bonham Carter doing Emma Watson <laughs> uh, is absolutely inspired with the Polly Matthews. Um, and the whole roller coaster part through through Gringotts is kind of reminiscent of um, uh, Indiana Jones and uh, Temple of Doom. Yeah. Um, just obviously a bit more magical. <laughs> um, but I. I kind of, it kind of slows. I don't know what it is. I think it's sometimes um, you, when you take one book, even even a large book, and split it into, sometimes it doesn't quite um, doesn't quite half and half. So I'm, I'm not I'm not entirely sure. Having said that, um, I went to see this at midnight showing, uh, which was uh, definitely Hallows one and two, and two was in three uh, D. So um, I. I enjoyed it, but um, I think there are better ones. Is it going I think the... it makes. I think it makes the seven though. I think it makes. The seven. Okay, nice one. Well, it has three votes, which means Steve, it's on the list. Rich, would you agree? I am coming off the back of listening to the audiobook of all seven books, so I'm struggling to. Some of the films I haven't recently watched, so this is one I haven't watched particularly recently. I'm, I'm trying to remember what was in the book and what was in the film. Totally agree with what Ollie said. It brought it back to me. I think uh, I think Helena Bonham Carter absolutely kills it in the entire series, actually. She is brilliant. Um, I, have, I have to say yes. Yeah. It's, got to, it's got to be up there. Um, it's not my top... It's just outside my top five, but it's okay. it's gonna go it's gonna go up there. Okay, yeah. all right. Um, it's a big yes from me. It's the one with the battle in it. How can it not be near the top of the list? You got the big fight. I mean, I've only watched this film once, probably about three weeks ago. I didn't see it when it first came out. I can't. I don't know why. I just didn't. I missed the last two at the cinema, and I hadn't seen them for like seven or eight years since the last, the previous one. I just had a massive gap, um, and then rewatched all of them with my daughters, um, and they both loved them. And then I was like, "Why did I watch these two? These two were good." <laughs> I don't know why I didn't watch them. So um, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed Deathly Hours Part Two. So that's five yeses. So it has made the list. Nice one. Um, so Ollie. I went to you next. So, Ollie, are you going to give me the second one for this week's list? I hope, I really hope so. Um, so, with from Steve, we had the very last movie in the series. I want to take it all the way back to the beginning and start with Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. The main reason that this deserves to be on the list is that if they haven't done a good job of this movie, we probably wouldn't have had all the others. Um, and, and the thing that they absolutely got right was the production design. So Stuart Craig, who's an Oscar-winning production designer, um, he so faithfully recreated Hogwarts and that magical wizarding world that J.K. Rowling wrote in her books. It, it, it's incredible. Like the, 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 the Harry Potter um, studio tour, uh, what was um, always Leaves in Studios, 
uh, where you get to see it all, it's, it's absolutely incredible. The detail and the skill and the craftsmanship that has gone in to every single kind of inch of this movie um, is it, it, magical. It's absolutely magical. Um, and they, the cast, but they, they cast like the creme de la creme of like the, the British acting talents and put them in a kids movie. And to have the foresight and for the actors to kind of have the faith and to, to and, and trust in kind of uh, Chris Columbus and J.K. Rowling that this, this, because when that movie came out, not all the books had kind of come out. So you're kind of jumping in on something and you, you don't quite that know. That first movie is movies. very much a kid's movie, I think. Like, it whereas is very much a kid's movie. And so Chris Columbus is, is a great um, children's movie director. And I, I think you, as, as kids who kind of read those books and watched those movies kind of grew up, so, that's, so you, the movies kind of grew with them. But what really, really works is how magical this movie looks. Um, and I think they did a great job of casting Daniel Radcliffe, uh, Rupert Grint and um, Emma Watson as those really, really very young, like nine, 10. I don't think any of them were quite 11 yet, were they? Um, kids in this movie. Um, and I think they did a really good job. Um, and, and they had to kind of carry it. Y yes, you, you're kind of playing opposite Alan Rickman, who was absolutely kind of like, terrifying as Snape in a, in a kid's movie. But absolute perfect casting. Um, and Maggie Smith and um, Richard Harris, who played Dumbledore in the first couple of movies. Um, yeah, I, I think they they so faithfully kind of recreated the, the world of Harry Potter and Hogwarts. Um, and that had to, that also had to stand the test of time because you couldn't have Hogwarts looking one way in the first movie and then it kind of changed. Like the, the Great Hall, they built it once. I mean, and then they destroyed it at the end, but but it was it's the same, <laughs> the same one and you get to go and visit it. Um, they just did such a good job of how it looked. There are kind of elements of it that are a little bit more, um, that maybe have dated a bit. Um, like the moment that in Ollivander's where he kind of gets his wand and like he holds it up and like his hair is blasted back. That bit is kind of a, I don't know. It, it's um, what it, is it? Twenty twenty years old? Yeah, well, twenty five. Twenty one. Twenty one. It was yeah. two thousand one, so it's yeah. um, quite a long time ago now, isn't it? Yeah. But, the, the sets and everything that they kind of built and how it looks absolutely holds up. Um, so for, for that reason alone, and for the fact that we, you, if you go and you can get to go and visit it now and it still looks um, as good, it works, um, the, 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 the Philosopher's Stone deserves to be on the list. Nice one, nice one. And then the Americans watching, it's the Sorcerer's Stone for you guys. Yeah, I don't know why they changed that. I, I don't know. It is weird. It is weird. It is weird. Okay, the Philosopher's Stone, first one. John, is it making it? Um, yeah, it's uh, definitely in my, definitely in top my, my top five. Uh, as you say, this is the first one. If they had got this completely wrong, then we would never have had the others. Um, but this was a $125 million movie that made $1.018 billion, according to Wikipedia, uh, according to my printout. So um, it just caught everybody with John Williams' score. Um, they, he, played, he played to the kids' crowd. It had, it, it isn't, 
nasty, really, any any huge, huge way. I mean, the, even the cave troll um, is uh, it, it's uh, smoothed off. There's no real rough edges to it. Uh, you've got three kids watching a cave troll. <laughs> um, and the thing about and it, this one is all about the world building. This isn't really about story. This is about a little boy who finds his finds his place. And yes, he's got a bit of a backstory. By the end, by the end of the day, this is about his first first year at uh, boarding boarding school. This is more of a Centrinian story than it is an adventure story. Yeah, yeah. Now, on top of that, you add a three-headed dog called Fluffy. Um, a vine trap where you actually have to give into it. Um, excellent sequence where you have to play chess by fighting the pieces. Yeah. And actually, this is a, it's a, this is a lovely kids' film. And yeah, the kids, you can tell that they haven't been doing it long. But you know what? You can kind of forgive it because they're not terrible, and they've got such a support cast around them. It's, um, it's brilliant. Yeah. So yeah, on the list. Nice one, uh, Rich. First one. Uh, see, I'm now on the fence about this one. Okay. See, I I agree with you with what you guys are saying. It's it's the first film. It's it's the world building. It's setting the scene, and I think it's stuck to the book as as well as I've seen films do, you know, there's obviously things you can't do in a film. Um, you have to leave certain bits out. And uh, I mean, who wouldn't envy um, Dan, Rupert and uh, Emma working with that calibre of um, supporting cast? What, what young actor or actress wouldn't kill to have yeah. those people around them, giving them pointers, giving them tips? And you can see throughout the series how well they've learned and they progress but even when I was much younger watching this for the first time I was I, I was loving the books I thought they're reading the books thinking these are going to make amazing films and they do make amazing films but this one just there's something about it and I can never put my finger on it there's something about it that just doesn't quite do it for me loved the Quidditch scene first time seeing brooms flying I was like yes absolutely definitely the way I can I can picture it but I think it's too smooth. Oh. I think, you know, like you say, the, the mountain troll is, is not too jaggedy. He's rounded off and it's a kid's film and I, I kind of get that. But I think it's too, it's softened a bit too much. Um, and especially knowing what's coming, because by then I'd read a few of the books and I knew it was starting to get darker. I felt that actually they could have put a little bit of that, made it a little bit more sinister. You know, even even Quirrell with the, the thing in the back of his head, you know, Voldemort in the back of his head, I felt that could have been a bit more scary. Even when I was younger watching it, I mean, I can't remember how old I was at the time, but even when I was younger watching it, I thought, come on, you can you can give us more than this. You can... So I'm, <laughs> it's, it's down at my number eight. So I'm uh, probably gonna have to say no to be honest. You, but. I mean you're, you're talking about the, the dark some darkness. I mean there you can kind of feel there's there's a background to it, but there's yeah. something out in the forest drinking unicorn blood. There are elements in there, but it's they score kind of I mean, the, kid, the kids are 11 years old and it's mm. aimed at 11 year olds. Yeah. And, I think, yeah. and I think that, um, I think, I think age appropriate horror 
Or yeah, words. yeah, I can, yeah. I can see that, but I, uh, I think there's there's ones that need to be higher. This, so I'm afraid it's a no from me. Hello. So. Okay. Um, which means it's round to me. Yeah, it's on my top five. Yeah, it's the first one. It's I've, I I I went to this at the cinema when I was like, I can't remember how old I was either. But I wasn't at the eight, I wasn't eleven. Put it that way. So I wasn't in the complete target audience for it. I was kind of like. Do I go and see this Harry Potter thing? It it, it it looks like a kids' film, and I did go and see this Harry Potter thing, and it was it was it was fun, and I I, I enjoyed it. And uh, having gone back and watched it, I definitely think it does it does it does build the world really really nicely, and introduces us to a lot of good young actors who do do learn their craft, um, and you can tell they're learning their craft. But I think uh, I think the beginning does. It, it does deserve to be up there and honoured. Um, not the best in the series, but uh, definitely in the top five for me. Um, yeah. There were some great bits here. There's, yeah. a, there's a lovely scene in the, in the, that they've cut out where Harry's really cheeky to Snape, mm-hmm. where Hermione's going, I know the answer, I know the answer. Snape's just looking at him. And he says, something like, um, I don't know, but I think Hermione does. Why don't you ask her? And they, they cut it out because they don't want to encourage children to be rude to their teachers. Oh, okay, yeah. So, <laughs> and that's, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. I'm sure that's what they said. And I thought, yeah, this, I, I felt we should have left that in. Mm. And that yeah. would have just put some comic relief in yeah. and maybe maybe it would have then got my top, top seven. Having been somebody who <laughs> is never been the, the biggest fan of these, but has children that growing up and are loving them um and i've i've recently in lockdown i went to very near scotland and went to a castle which was the outside locations for hogwarts um that was a nice trip to do my kids and watching them ride broomsticks on the harry potter set the, the real life set not the leaves and studio um was pretty amazing and they're learning that from this film onwards and then i've just been to the Wizarding World in Orlando and it feels real. Um, so I wouldn't have that without this first movie. Um, all right, the books are there, but the, the world is created from this film, uh, these films, and this is the first film um, and it does do it so much. So for me, it's a yes, which means it's got three. Would it have had four? Yes. <laughs> um, it was between my top two positions with this and definitely had a top two and I just couldn't decide. Um, I don't think it's necessarily the most ripping film out of more because of the ones that came later, um, but just for sort of the cultural impact that it sort of had because it birthed the series, I think it deserves to be there. And I think taking it on face value is a brilliant film. Um, the actors that you had in it, the... The, the kids know they're not the best actors. They're 10, 11, 12 years old, but I think they're meant to be 10, 11, 12 year olds in the film, so it, it works. Um, I personally, so I saw it when I was quite young, I wasn't quite 10 or 11, um, but I was a child sort of thing when I first saw it. Um, I found the whole Voldemort scene terrifying. I thought that was the, the, him in the back of his head. Um, the invisibility, but there's just so much that's introduced in those first, it's like a two hour film and you get all of that, that then has become such a massive cultural reference years later that um, I th- there's so much came from that film. I think there is comic relief in it with Hagrid and the whole um, letters at the very beginning of the film. 
and the birthday cake with Dudley um, and other bits that Neville on it and falling off his um, broom and everything. So I think it just toned everything quite right and it, it was meant to be the sort of a series that kids would grow up with and I think it did that really good well. There it has four votes, Ollie. It's on the initial list. Uh, going round, I've been going in that order. John? Yeah, uh, I'm going to go for the third one. I'm going to go for the Prince of Because this, where, if you've got the world building of the first one and the kind of the storytelling of the second one, the third one is a complete change of pace and style and um, feel and it really go it really kind of goes dark in a very short period of time um this is the one where hermione is doing all the classes um and not and not nobody can understand why she why she can't uh, find uh why she why she can't sleep and why she's always in the mood um and uh this is the one where book uh, gets gets killed by uh, because he attacks Draco because Draco for Draco makes him. Um, it's lovely. You you get more you get more of the uh, Ministry of Magic. Uh, you get the um, no, uh, you get the introduction of Luke uh, Lupus. Uh, sorry, Luke Lupin Lupin uh, Professor Lupin the new. Um, professor defense against the dark arts. Um, Countman, I think there's one per film. Um, and uh, it, and you get the uh, the, th the thing in the, in the case where it's, it's your deepest, darkest fear, it pretends to be your deepest, darkest fear. And the one that pops out is the Dementor. I think the Dementor mm -hmm. attacks at the beginning of this one because Sirius Black um, has escaped from Azkaban um, and is on the run. Um, but it turns out that Sirius Black is actually uh, Harry Potter's family and is actually part of a uh, secret secret order uh, against Voldemort back in the day. Um, Gary Oldman, uh, David Hewless, um, you, you get the introduction of Tonks. Um, the, it, uh, yeah, uh, There's a night bus in this one. Yes, this is the one where Harry, yes. Harry decides he doesn't want to stay at home anymore with the Dursleys yeah. and literally legs it and ends up on the night bus with, yeah. all, the, with all the bets, the triple dagger, <laughs> and with Lady Henry's shrunken heads <laughs> hanging off the new mirror. Um, it, uh, it's got lots of lovely pieces. It's got uh, uh, it's just got the dark feel, especially when considering being slightly older. And I probably listen more, uh, watch more of the Hobbit. So not Hobbit, the Lord of the Rings series, and I would have this. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is this is definitely close to the top of my list. Nice one, uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, Rich. Uh, this is one of my favourites, actually. I, yeah. I, I reading this again, reading the books. This is the one that really made me go, actually, yeah, this is this is going somewhere. This is, I think it it really starts to put some information behind the background of Harry's, gives us a bit more. The world opens up. You know, the first couple of films are very Hogwarts centric. Mm -hmm. You know, goes from Privet Drive to Hogwarts and then back again. 
and this we see some ministry we see some you know, there's there's a prison oh my god this there's such bad widows we need somewhere to put them you know um i always wondered why sirius didn't just break out sooner because he turned into a dog and walked out so why didn't he do that <laughs> why did he wait 13 years or however long it was and then decide to do it um i thought the dementors in this were scary actually i remember at the time watching it i I must have been about 18 at the time, thinking, okay, I'm gonna dream about those tonight. That's that's gonna that's gonna mess me up for a while. Um one of my favorite set pieces in this actually, because the set design, as as Ollie said in uh, uh Philosopher's uh, Stone, the set design is actually fantastic. Um, um one of my favorite set pieces in this is actually in Lupin's office, and there's this enormous orrery, so a, a solar system moving around. And of course, it's magic, so it's, there's no bars between it and things. But I, th- I think there's something very similar that's actually physical. I think they just draped the bars in green fabric or something. I have no space, but I want it. <laughs> it's amazing, and I just, I, I, I just want a house big enough to put that in because it's just so cool. Um, again, Alan Rickman killing it, playing a baddie, having a bad day. He always played a really good guy having a bad day. <laughs> so. Yeah, my main my main criticism of this is they changed the Patronus spell. That that really bugged me. I don't know why. Because in the in the book it's Expecto Patronus, and in this it's Expecto Patronum. And just why? That's the only thing I can this that bugs me more than it should. Yep. But yes, definitely, definitely yeah. on the list. Nice one. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean. It's, it's the one that went a bit dark. Um, this is the only one I've seen at the cinema twice because I went to see it when it came out and I went to see it this year. No, yeah, this year. When it, the 20th anniversary, they re-released all the films at the cinema and uh, I took my girls along to see this. First time they'd ever seen it. I was really entertained. I was surprised how entertained I was. Um, I loved the whole time going back in time at the end of it so that rugby doesn't die doesn't doesn't, we sorted that bit out (laughs) (laughs) well you change it they 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 save him and change his name so they can't so they can't find him (laughs) yeah that's what they took changing his name yes yes um yeah i i I was pleased with that um and yeah i I was i thought i was this was one of the top ones for me so um i think uh, changing the director definitely showed that you changed the pace of the movie um it felt a lot more adult for a kids movie you can tell that the first two were made by somebody who makes very good kids movies to somebody who makes more adult film so yeah i'm saying yes so that's three yeses president of azkaban is on the list they would have been Yes, 100% on mine. It was, um, so it was one of my favourite books in the series, I think. Second favourite book, probably, and one of my favourite films in the series. Um, I think it, it, it does take that sort of very short turn from Chamber of Secrets, and it really starts to expand the world. You find more creatures, you realise that Harry has got extra family outside of what we've heard of already. Um and it's sort of the impending sense of someone is actively coming and looking for Harry rather than like relics of Voldemort that are within the walls of Hogwarts kind of thing. Um, Buckbeak is brilliant. He's one of those characters like 
Dobby that doesn't say or do a lot, but you just get attached to and don't want him to die. Um, the whole shrieking shack. Um, and there, there's elements in the Prisoner of Azkaban that are quite funny as well. Uh, Hermione just kills it. She punches Draco Malfoy, which is just amazing. Um, she attacks... Um, Harry attacks Snape, um, which is just, again, another shock moment that was really great. And Hermione's shock at it. You attacked the teacher. And <laughs> the whole she needs to get her priorities right is carried through from the first film kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, the, the night bus is just amazing and the whole Aunt Marge. Um, but, so, yeah, definitely. Nice one. That's for Ollie. Would it have been the full house? It would, yeah. I actually went to the worldwide premiere of this at the nice. Odeon Leicester Square, believe it or not. Um, I went along with uh, my friend uh, Warwick um, back in the day. So, yeah, this is the, uh, it's the only um, movie premiere I've ever been to. It was, it was absolutely amazing. Um, yes, it's a brilliant movie. Um, it's got one of the best scenes, like the, the best acted scenes by some of the best actors in the world ever. That, that shrieking shack scene. You've got Timothy Spall, you've got David Thewlis, Gary Oldman and Alan Rickman just absolutely going at it, um, like acting their socks off. It's incredible. And I mean, if you'd read the book, you kind of know, you know that um, what happens and uh, you, you know that um, uh, Alan Rickman, uh, sorry, Gary Oldman's character, Steve, remind me, I can't remember his name. Sirius Black. Sirius Black. You know that you know that he's 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 actually a good guy, but the whole scene kind of plays out, and he's just so angry at Snape that you you don't. It, it waits till the end of the scene to kind of reveal that actually he's a good guy. So so it's so so intense. It's an amazing scene. Um, yeah, I, I think it's one of the one of the best, and it it certainly kind of goes from kind of kids movies to move just just really good movies but by the time we hit that third one with prison of azkaban so absolutely yeah should be on the list nice, nice one full house isn't yeah. isn't this where they introduced the marauders man yeah i, I promise yeah. was it i promise solemnly swear i'm not to no good Mischief. i always wondered how they worked out that was what they had to say because they stole the map from filch yeah, but how many times uh, it's blank when you look at it. So how did they work out that's Fred, what they Fred, had? Fred, Fred and George, George. Fred and George had to work out how to open that map after they nicked it off Filch. Mm. And then they had to work out how to close it again. So I'm picking holes in the plot, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> that's a, isn't that a book hole rather than no, a just hole? <laughs> <laughs> they just say in the film they nicked it from Filch. It's magic. It is. That's true, <laughs> it's magic. <laughs> um, so we got three, definitely Hello's part two. Philosopher's Stone and Prisoner of Azkaban. So, Rich, what is your nomination? Uh, well, I am going to have to go with uh, The Order of the Phoenix. Okay. So that's number... Oh, I've got to get my... Should have said that. Number five, number five. isn't it? It's number five, yes. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think this is one of, the, one of the best stories in the series. I think it moves, again, moves the, the story arc along quite well you know the first couple of films you've had like i said before just these closed very hogwarts centric and oh you're a wizard harry and oh well this guy's coming to get you and in this one he's 
he's come back and he's active in the world. People don't believe that he is and how he's trying to struggle through um, trying to struggle through school and trying to struggle through working out what the hell's going on in his own head because he keeps getting Voldemort popping in and giving him dreams and things like that. Um, Hagrid comes back with his with his baby brother who's about 18 foot tall. Uh, um, uh, one of my favourite scenes in this is when Hagrid takes the three of them to go and meet Grop. And is that his brother? That's his brother. That's <laughs> him, yeah. Grop, sorry, Grop's the giant. Yeah, um, when he takes him and he and Grop just picks up Hermione and I'm just like, just how many, uh, I've got a kid, how many times have you had a child and said, put it down? Yeah. And, and in that situation, he picks up a person and he goes, Hagrid's going, put it put down. It down. <laughs> just, just, and then she just tells him off. And I think for an 18 foot giant to be told off by someone who's tiny, Compared to him, I think it's just. It's, I, think I think a lot, a lot of parents, parents probably in, in, in the, the cinema, cinema are enjoying that that metaphor of trying to tell off someone who, you know, when when a kid's got their own mind on something, they could be they according to the giant, they just won't let go. So, um, I like I like, I like I don't like the Umbridge character. character. You know, you're not meant to like her, but I like the way it's played, and I like the way she just winds everybody up and so, even the teachers are going and yes yes yeah, very yeah. good yeah and e even the teachers are struggling to cope with her um you know when she's trying to kick out Trelawney and McGonagall saying there's there's plenty of things I'd like to say so there's just there's some real good comic relief and then when she gets taken off by the centers at the end and Harry's saying oh, I must not tell lies you think well you kind of brought on yourself didn't you so yeah Loads of good bits in this film. I think its production values are excellent. I think the uh, the CG in it is really well done. Um, so yeah, I, I can't extol its virtues enough. Really, I think it's okay. I don't like this one, Rich. I don't even going to say that. I like this one. Um, I like. I liked one. It set it up. I didn't mind two. A load of people don't like two, even though I like the big snake one. And then <laughs> this is a person who's seen this film not very many times. Um, and then I really liked three, and I quite liked four. And then I was getting a bit bored. I was like, oh, this felt like the dude, middle. No, I, I got, I got a bit bored. Sorry. Um, so for me, it's it's pretty low on my list. So no, <laughs> but I feel like other people like it. So it's right. Um, <laughs> so that's that's Steve. Steve. Do you like, like this one? Yeah. I do, as you can probably tell from my reaction. It, I struggled because this this was again a contender for my sort of top spot. It was one of my favorite films. I just think it, I think it's a brilliant film, and it almost it sort of just missed out because of the others that I got above it. Um, I think Imelda Staunton is brilliant. I think she's one of the standout villains that you almost hate her more than you hate Voldemort and some of the other main antagonists. She's so skin-crawlingly bad. And like as a teacher, we've all had that person because by this point, you almost have grown to love to hate Snape, whereas Umbridge is just pure vitriolic <laughs> hatred. And um, the whole Fred and George escaping and fireworks scene... Um, was brilliant and that was the comeuppance that she deserved um 
which also at the time it was really weird, but they copied it for a Heinz advert that was played before the X Factor every night. It was that bigger <laughs> film. Um, the, the sort of one of my favorite things is that after Goblet of Fire, which was one of my least favorite of the main series, they all got a haircut. <laughs> Um, which was so so nice to see because I just don't know what that was um, but no I think it was it's also the point where they the three sort of leads um, stop being like kid actors that you sort of excuse for being a bit bad at acting and maybe three and four weren't their best because they were starting to mature but they weren't quite there yet whereas I think Order of the Phoenix is really they start to come into their own um the whole hall of prophecy thing um that sequence and the chase along the thames and the way it's scored and the music and everything is just phenomenal um and it's also the first film that was directed by david yates and i think as an entry point for him it was really good um the there was a lot of like color palette changes and stuff that were then present through the next three films that i think it just makes it very consistent and yeah, definitely on my list. Okay. It's got two. Ollie, Order of the Phoenix, number five. Yeah. Yes or no? It's definitely in my top five, Order of the Phoenix. Um, <laughs> like, uh, as Steve was saying, Imelda like, uh, Stoughton as Dolores Umbridge, probably the most evil character ever kind of committed to page or film. She is horrible. Like, like, like Voldemort's kind of evil, but he's got like an end goal, isn't he? He wants to kind of take out all the muggles and he wants to take out anybody that likes muggles. Dolores Umbridge just likes being cruel, doesn't she? She likes being mean to be horrible, horrible woman. Um, the Order of the Phoenix uh, introduces uh, fan favourites, um, character played by Yvonne Lynch, um, Luna Lovegood. Um, she's my daughter's favourite character. She's, she's, I think, most most kind of young um, girls who like Harry Potter. She's her favourite character, and it's it's been said about Ivana Lynch that she um, she wasn't playing Luna. She 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 was Luna. Like she she turned up to the audition wearing radish earrings that she made herself because Luna in the book has made herself some radish earrings. And those are the ones that they used in the movie, like the ones that she'd made herself. And she, she's this, I, I've met her a couple of times and she's so, so sweet. She's the loveliest person you'd possibly meet. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a fantastic movie. As Steve said, yeah, David Yates, it's his, it was his first one in the movie and he's directed every Wizarding World movie since. So what does that tell you? It tells you that they're good and that everybody likes them and Warner Brothers are pleased with them. So um, yeah, definitely, Order of Phoenix. It's got three votes. It's there, John. What have you agreed with them or me? <laughs> well, I'm kind of glad that it's got three votes because it wasn't going to get another one from me. Uh, 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 this is um, I. I routinely um, describe this film as the offset report, <laughs> um, and uh, if I, it's just, it just feels so boring. This this is the exam season. Yeah. of uh, Hogwarts and it really doesn't work for me uh, I mean it has some nice bits in it as you say Dolores Umbridge is horrible 
Um, but she's so sweet at being horrible. Um, and uh, the the whole the whole fight through the Ministry of Magic um, is amazing. But there's just something about the plot that it just won't does not sit right with me. It just it doesn't it doesn't. I don't understand why this was the biggest book. Yeah, because all I could think of was she was grading exam papers at the time. <laughs> I actually didn't know where to take the story. Yeah. That, so that, that, I think I think uh, J K just got a little bit lost and started going round and round and round and round in circles. Um, so it's on the as you say, it's on the list. Uh, Luna is a beautiful character. Um, um, but yeah, no, this this is actually one of my lowest. So okay. well, it's got three votes, so it's there. So we have four films, all four nominations have made it. Um, and I'm gonna pick one of mine that's very high to my list, and I know it's already got one night. So I'm going to nominate The Goblet of Fire. Because <laughs> I vividly remember going and seeing this at cinema and thinking, wow, they made Harry Potter really entertaining. I'm like, there's a giant tournament and there's dragons and there's people trying, growing up and falling in love and wanting to go to this ball thing. Win the winter ball. Yeah, the win the winter ball or whatever it was called. I can't remember. I've seen the film twice. Um, <laughs> but I remember the first time watching it, I was really, really entertained. You had Twilight Boy for Twilight Boy before he was Twilight mm-hmm. Boy, and <laughs> he got killed. Um that was shocking seeing Voldemort for the first time. It was all of that was in this movie. And I was thoroughly entertained all the way through. And then I rewatched it with my girls this time on the rewatch. And I was still really entertained. For me, this is right up there with just entertainment factor. It was it was one of the best Harry Potter movies, in my opinion. Steve, why don't you like it? <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it was one of the, I so it, it is actually the fifth film in my top five. Oh, okay. um, so I, I do like it. Um, I, I just struggled so much to rank them because I don't think in the original series there's a bad film. Okay. Um, it was just one of my least, partly because of the dodgy haircuts, which I've already <laughs> mentioned. Um, um sorry the dodgy hair all right it was i think mike newell just wanted something that was very specifically his for the one film that he directed um but no i think almost as a narrative it's one of the weaker films um because the whole thing revolves basically around the triwizard tournament voldemort doesn't appear till right at the end and you almost don't know that that's like if you like, hadn't read the book, you wouldn't know that that was coming. So it's quite, which isn't a bad thing. Um, but there's almost no clear villain until quite late in the film, and it's sort of is it Karkaroff? Is it um someone else sort of pulling the strings behind it? Um, Hogwarts. So I think in terms of like the actual story, it's not the strongest. 
Um, saying that, I think there's so much that is good in that film. The Yule Ball is just fantastic. Um, you've got the Quidditch World Cup at the start where you yeah. first see Death Eaters, which I think is really, really scary. Um, and it's that sort of sense of dread that you get from that and the dark mark appears and everything. So you really like, there's a presence of Voldemort um, throughout the whole film that is quite strong. The the dragon CGI and the whole dragon fights and, and the underwater scenes were yeah. brilliant. And the way they, it, it was the largest underwater tank in Europe, I think that they used to film it in. Um, so, so the amount of effort that went in that, the maze was, I thought a terrifying sequence with the whole zombie eye kind of things with Victor Crumb and everything. And there's just so many quotable moments from it. The Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire that is so memed on the internet because it's so different from the scene in the book. Um, and yeah, so it is definitely on my list. Not one of the strongest, but out there. Nice one. And uh, uh, this is the only one that gave my seven-year-old nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the only one that goes for nightmares. Um, she didn't want to watch any more Harry Potter movies, but then her sister did, and because her sister's older, she watched all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we have now watched all the movies, but this is the one that gave her nightmares. Um, John? Um, yeah, this is rather high on my list too. Uh, um, it's uh, I actually almost think that it's the lack of plot kind of plays in its favour. Because um, one, one of the things uh, is the fact that having not read the books, no, uh, I've right. been told that they are full of um, ex ex extra plot points and everything. And I kind of don't feel that they've got to kind of, they kind of got to the end of the story and they suddenly realised that they could actually just kind of excise these bits so that so they could actually have more pure through line now. Some things have changed, but I don't know this because I never read the books. <laughs> um, the, um, I, I liked this one simply because it, it, it starts off, it does it actually starts off with Voldemort appearing in a dream when the uh, caretaker gets killed mm -hmm. as a weak worm like thing. And then, uh, it, and then it actually, not that it forgets it, but it kind of just puts it on the back burner. And it's not, and the plot is actually that someone's trying to stitch up Harry. Mm. And um, it's, and it's the fact that every, even, even Cedric is trying really hard. He's actually a really nice bloke to say, I don't know if he did it or not, but the fact is we're having to work together, together on this one because this is dangerous and you can get hurt, so we're going to do it. Um, I like the... I like the fact that kind of people kind of give him nudges and things. I love Mad-Eye Moody. I think that is a... It's a hell of a character. I'm not too bothered about David Tennant as, as Barty Crouch Jr. Um, but... Um, it it works yeah. and it, it has a linear it has a linear and also people come back you uh, you have a moaning 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 myrtle yeah moaning myrtle moaning myrtle trying to get Harry Potter's back while he's trying to sort while he's trying to sort yeah. the eggs out um, things like things like that it's got a sense of humour about it 
it's not all doom and gloom, and yet it, it's grown up enough to actually uh, make sense. Um, and uh, I, I will love the fact Harry actually save, saving people he doesn't need to save on the real, in the underwater sequences. And um, all I will say is I have absolutely, I had absolutely no real um, emotion about Cedric being killed. Huh. And I said, and this is the, this is the one where she wrote. So this is the one where she wrote the book, and she said, "Oh, this character, this character is. Uh, oh, I cried when I wrote when I killed this character." Oh, is this the character she meant? I never yeah, knew who she meant by that. Yeah, well, yeah. At least this this is the one. And then in the follow in the following book, I think it was it was um, serious. It was serious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I always thought she was saying that about Hedwig when she killed I him. thought it was Hedwig. <laughs> well, <laughs> Hedwig didn't get killed until... Because it was later on, I, yeah. I heard, it, heard that quote later and I thought it was much later. Yeah, yeah, but no, this was the book where... Right. And to me, he's kind of a spirit, he's very much a side character. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but having said that, I think he does a very good job. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy's pretty good act. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't have to be, he didn't have to be all glittery. No. Um, but yeah, I think he comes on a bit long. I think I think the initial story you have two stories, one wrapped around the other, and they kind of need to be a little more interwoven. Mm-hmm. So, but apart from that, yeah, I'll say yes. It's got three votes. Ollie, I missed you. Sorry. Um, will it have been a full flop? Uh, yeah, it's towards the bottom of my list, but still a great movie. They're, they're all great, aren't they? Um, I really, I really, really like the Quidditch World Cup. Um, Sing inside the Weasley's tent, um, and then you get the the bet with the Death Eaters and the Dark Mark, and try was a tournament. That's all all very entertaining. I totally agree with Steve. The haircuts are the main reason that it features lower down on my list. <laughs> it's, it's just a bit odd. Um, and then yeah, it ends ends really dark, and I I felt bad for Cedric. I thought Cedric was a really nice guy. Like um, Harry spends the whole movie trying to do the right thing and being a nice guy and kind of sharing any intel that he has with Cedric. And Cedric was kind of had Harry's back as well. Like Harry had made a new friend there and then boom, Voldemort's back, Cedric's dead. That's harsh. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's on my list. Nice one. It's got four. Rich, when it red fires? Oh, it's a full house this time. Yeah. yeah. This is, this is high on my list. This one, I, I, I like the character development in this one, actually. I like the, it's the beginning of the, uh, the characters realising that they actually like each other, you know, more than just as, as friends. I mean, one and Hermione is starting to realise that actually maybe there's something going on there, but they're still kind of resisting. You know, there's the, holding hands. Oh, actually, we, we didn't hold each other's hands and things like that. And, and um, Harry's starting to realise he likes Ginny. And I, I like that kind of character progression that it's going to, it builds on in the later films and you can see where it's coming from, you know. Um, the dragon fight scene, brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think Harry flew directly at the teacher's tent deliberately because they're making him join in this tournament that he didn't want to be joined in. So when they got taken out by the, uh, when they taken out by the dragon's tail, I was, I was on his side for that one. Um, I wish they'd have done some more with the Quidditch Cup, World Cup. I mean, it's a long film. I don't know how long it is, but it's it's, it's a, about two forty. It's, 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 yeah, it's over two and a half hours. It's one of the longest. But I do wish they could have done more with the Quidditch World Cup because I just think that could have been 
an amazing sequence if they'd have actually played some Quidditch, you know. But they had so much more to, to, to tell us and to show us that you've got to lose something. And unfortunately, that was it. But I, I'm, I'm sure I heard a random fact about it. Didn't Daniel Radcliffe get... Uh, end up being qualified as a trained scuba diver. Yes, because he did so much, and they didn't. They, they like presented him with a logbook or something to, yeah, to say, was, Here, you, you've done so much. You, we've kept a log for you. You are a scuba yeah. diver, and it'd be the question I'd asked him if I ever meet him. It's like, do you still dive? Do you still <laughs> scuba dive? Because you know they, that was years and years ago. Yeah, and some of these actors just do it for a part and then yeah. never do it again. So I'd be interested to find out if he did that, but. Yeah, definitely, definitely on my on my. We list. have five films. Five, five for five. Five for five. Can I, can I, can I just say, is this the film where they kind of start forgetting that the spells are important? Because in the first couple of films, they're all kind of oh, really. But these are big spells, and then they, these these seem to be the films where they start to go. They just do the magic. Yeah. They they, they yeah. just do, they don't actually care. You don't really care too much what what the spell is anymore they just kind of do the magic but they're four, they're, they're, they've been at, at school for four years haven't they so they remember it a bit later on in the series so they do a bit important yeah, the, the, the next film they're in Dumbledore's army and they're learning spells again yeah. Yeah. but this one they've been at school for four years so I kind of forgive that well no I've got, I mean, got the, the, as, as magical students they've got some confidence they know what they're doing but yeah. well I mean it, it's just kind of a, just dramatically they kind of went well, we don't need to talk about all these stars anymore. Yeah. We can just get on with it. This is the one they need. Yeah. So it, it, it's kind of, it kind of flows a bit more. They're not worrying about learning a new spell. It's because, oh, I need to do this to do this. And actually being so, at school is kind of incidental to the plot in this, really. Yeah. You don't really you know, see you too don't many see much... lessons or anything yeah. in that one, yeah. apart from Moody's, where he comes to the spider. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad they didn't do the bit where he's supposed to put the spells on the kids yeah because i think that would have been just a bit too far but yeah we have five for five we've now got to try and get to seven so we're now down to slimmer pickings so steve what is the sixth one i'm struggling between two because i want to mention something from fantastic beasts but i just also don't think it's <laughs> up there um so my sixth one is going to be chamber of secrets um i de- i think it was definitely of like that opening trilogy where it's very much kids films and it's sort of getting used to the world i think it was the weaker one between philosopher's stone and prisoner of azkaban but the basilisk scene is i think so well done and especially for the time it came out and that the way he's like up on the statue and everything and kills the snake, I think it was brilliant. It it put something very important with Forks, the Phoenix and the Sword of Gryffindor. It's the first time that we actually see any Horcruxes and we learn more about the founding of Hogwarts, which is, and the backstory of Voldemort, which is very important later on. So you, you couldn't do a lot of the stuff that you did later in the films without the Chamber of Secrets. Um, Lockhart, I think, is a very interesting character. I don't think he was maybe played as well as he could have been by Kenneth Branagh. Um, yeah. But he's deranged, and the whole plot is made better by that because it's just so ridiculous almost. Um, 
the guy is basically a serial killer almost but instead of killing people he just wipes their memory and steals their identity um so i think he's up there with sort of the very dislikable characters that you can really get your teeth into and hate um so that would be my honorable mention i think chamber of secrets for six Ollie. Um, it's not in my top seven movies, so I, I'd have to say no. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's still enjoyable, and like the the um, the scene in the chamber sequence with the basilisk is great, and the the, the door to the chamber sequence—they actually built that. That is mm-hmm. actually a mechanical moving snake that goes all the way around. It's incredible. That, that's that's on view um, at the. Uh, Harry Potter studio tour. That was, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing feat of engineering that. Um, but yeah, having said that, it's yeah, it's not my favorite movie. Um, it's not on my top seven. Um, I may is it is it Lockhart that's just just annoying? He's, he's not the <laughs> evil character. He's just he's just annoying. Um, I, I like I like the scene where he's kind of dueling with Snape, and Snape's just like. Easy, but like it couldn't have been easier. Just absolutely nailed it. Um, well done, you for showing them that. Yes, and then, yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's it's not one of the better ones. Okay, I've got another one that I'd like. From there. John, Chamber. Um. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I. That means that I can convince you. Yes. Well, <laughs> This is this is, a, this is a, a weird one because I thought half of this film was actually later. Um, kind of like the uh, the Whomping Willow at the beginning. I didn't realise it was the second film. Um, I thought there was a lot that just moved down the line. <laughs> um, so, but I I like it. I, I, I like, like it. it. Uh, I like the whole idea that there's something in the pipes, uh, something sneaking around, the spiders don't know what, uh, everyone's following the spiders. See, for a place that's magical and full of uh, intelligent teachers, nobody, nobody's listening and nobody's looking and Harry's the only one who can do it. So that's kind of worrying. Um, I like the fact, I like, I like the bit them being petrified. Yeah, um, that's uh, cool. And this is the first time we meet Moni Myrtle, which is I like. I like that character. She's she's cool. Um, if you, if you ever go to uh, Universal Studios, uh, the tour, you go into the toilet. She's in the loop. <laughs> <laughs> just, just wondering if that's part of the thing. Part. Uh, I'm gonna. I need the loop, and you want her in. And- She's in there with you. <laughs> <laughs> Just as long as Hermione's not in there as a cat. Uh, well, yeah, because um, this is also the introduction of Polyjuice Potion, which crops up again and again throughout the series. Uh, Hermione getting it wrong is actually quite cool. Yeah. Also, also the, uh, Harry and Ron pretending, having, having to pretend, pretend to be Gloin. Good crab and Goyle. Yeah. So yeah, it's got some interesting moves. It, it feels more a bit more like a detective adventure than it does um, than an adventure. 
And it just happens, so happens that in the end, it's a big basilisk. Um, so, yeah. Uh, do I put it on, though? I mean, this is number six, isn't it? Six. I've got one, I've got one more. Is it in your top set? To be fair, it is in my top, so I'm going to have to say yes. There you go. So it has two, two boats. Rich, is it going to get a third? I have quite a few good things to say about this film. Yeah, I, I, I think the bit where, the, where Lockhart removes Harry's bones, it makes me feel sick every <laughs> single time. But I think it's a brilliant scene. It just shows his absolute ineptitude. It's how he absolutely, absolutely he knows, knows, knows how to do nothing. nothing except remove people's memories. Uh, I think he's a complete sociopath. I think Kenneth Branagh plays him brilliantly. I think it's just Kenneth Branagh, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I think he plays him absolutely brilliantly. Makes me hate him the whole way through. Just, I want to walk out of his class. Simple as that. Um, I think the Quidditch scene in this, the, the whole Quidditch match in this was much better than done than in the uh, in Philosopher's Stone. Uh, the... I don't think enough credit is given to the the guys who play Crabbe and Goyle, though, because they are young actors' second really major work they've done. I don't think they've done anything other than um, mm. Philosopher's Stone, and they had to play someone else playing their characters. Yeah, you know, so it's it's like almost like double acting, and I think they handled that really really quite well. However. This is my absolute least favourite book of the series, and the film did not win me over either. I don't, I don't, I just don't like the plot. I don't like the story. I think I could say I could say loads of good things about the production values and the the, the animation and the, uh, the the fight scene with the snake at the basilisk at the end, but it just doesn't do it for me as a film. So I'm just afraid it's a no for me. It's number seven. Which means, I guess, I say yes, um, but it's down near the bottom of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the snake at the end; it was fun. I like the flying car at the beginning; that was fun. So, yeah. what about the middle? I mean, it was all right. <laughs> it's number seven. I can't There's say two much hours in the middle. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it does get three. So, Steve has yeah. made it. <laughs> Which means Ollie. Can you round? Yeah, it up? I've got one. It's quite high on my list. I don't know how we haven't mentioned it before. Um, sad moment in this one. The uh, Half Blood Prince. Very sad. So you, Draco Malfoy has been given a special mission by Voldemort. He, and, and Harry, Harry knows. Harry knows. Never trusted that lad. He suspected uh, Draco the whole time. Nobody would listen to him. Not even his best mates would listen when he's like, Draco's up to something. He's a bad guy. Look at his bleached hair. He's up to something. <laughs> um, and he was. So he, he was after... Um, his mission was was to kill Dumbledore. Um, and maybe he was, he was deliberately like taking his time and he was watching it. And you, and you see, he's, um, Tom Felton does a really good turn here in this movie. I thought Tom Felton, and another really lovely super guy, if you ever get to meet him, he's... he's the, one of the nicest guys you could hope to meet. Nothing, nothing at all like um, the younger Draco in the movies. Um, but towards the, yeah, towards the end of it, when, when he gets to the point where he's actually able to complete, he, he could have completed his mission. He, he can't, he can't bring himself to do it. Um, and uh, 
Dumbledore's there and he he, he almost he, he's he's been expecting this. He, he knows what Draco's up to. He he knows what has to happen for uh, Dumbledore and Snape to um, maintain that kind of ruse that 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 Snape is actually still a Death Eater. So when Snape turns along, he 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 says to um, he says Severus, please. And what he's doing is he, he's asking Snape to kill him so that Malfoy doesn't have to do it because he he knows that it's far more important for the Order of the Phoenix and for for the good guys to have Snape on the inside still with with Voldemort and not being suspected. And what better way to do that than for to have for Snape to actually do the deed? Um, it, it serves kind of a double purpose. But I, I think this um, is 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 up there as, as one of the best ones. It's another David Yates movie, his his second one, um, and it's it's got a really kind of sad moment where if you haven't read the books, I know I hadn't read the book when I watched this one. You you don't expect like the, the world's most powerful wizard to um, to to die, um, and yet and there he's gone. It's sad, sad moment. Good movie though. Yes, yes, John. Half Blood Prince number six. Um, it's a yes. Nice. Um, I'm a big fan of this. Again, this seems to it feel feels like there's an awful lot of plot. The, the last three, the last three films, films of the original sequence seem to try to rush an entire series worth of plot into three films and it and it is kind of winding this one up here um i i like um uh, what's his name i like Dumbledore. i like dumbledore's um michael gamble yeah, Michael Gamble. I like it. I like his performance. It, it really is trying to. It's showing that he's in real pain. He really kind of he's fighting really hard to get to the end to do what he needs to do. I mean, he's got a withered hand from there is a the reason. ring. There's a ring. The ring. He's trying to kill it. Trying to take out a Horcrux, wasn't he? You, yes. you don't really know. He doesn't. He doesn't tell Harry why, but you you, you find out that later on. Yeah, and then. Um, that, and the whole, you've got to come along, Harry. You've got to do exactly what I say, and you and, you, and whatever happens, whatever happens, you must listen to me and do. And the whole island in the middle of the sea, where they, where he's scooping out the water, and he's got a straight break. I did uh, the water with the shell. Yeah, um, is that that's really tough watch actually for um, for for. I'll say a kids' film, but it's a little less than that. Um, I I like it. I like I like it. It's it's slippery little bugger of a film. It's uh, yeah. It really it really moves into the dark areas of the, of books and the story. And yeah, yeah, it's definitely one of mine. That's two. Good half blood. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think Tom Felton does an absolutely stunning performance in this. He's he's playing this this as old as Draco's character is supposed to be. He's playing this kid who is being told, "You've got to do this, otherwise I'm going to kill you." 
and he he doesn't don't really want to. He doesn't want to, but he's <laughs> no. got no real choice. And, and yeah, he's you know he tries a couple of half-assed attempts, and there's a bigger plan to get people into the into the castle and stuff like that. And his 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 thing with the necklace and his thing with the uh, what's it the bottle of whiskey or whatever it was. It, it's almost. But although he's refusing Snape's help, it's almost a, a way of saying, uh, "Help me!" Um, if there's so such bad attempts that it's almost like he's trying to get someone to recognise that there's something is going on. Um, he just doesn't want to do it, does he? he yeah, he just doesn't want to do it. So he's, he's doing it. He's doing it badly, and hope maybe hoping that Voldemort will say, "Actually, you're rubbish." We'll get someone else to do it. Well, it's almost almost like he's the son of a gangster, and he's making mm. make his bargains. Yeah, um, I think that the the scene at the end where they're on the on the roof. Um, I, I agree with what you're saying, Ollie, but I, I think what uh, Dumbledore was saying there is, please, Severus, save his soul. You know, because he knows that what because the Horcruxes are coming and we know that we, we find that later on when you read the next books and watch the next films you find out what making a Horcrux does to your soul and you have to kill to do it and I think it because he knows that he's asking Severus to please protect this young boy's soul and take that hit yourself and I think knowing knowing what's coming that adds that extra weight to it because by the time this this was released a lot of people had read the the final story and That's, things. There's a really important plot point that kind of happens within that sequence as well, because it's all, all Draco does is he disarms Dumbledore. He just disarms him, yeah. And Dumbledore's got the Elder Wand, but and then later on, you've got to kill to get it. Well, no, yeah. But but like, but it's, it's it's whoever win it's whoever wins it's whoever defeats. It? Yeah. So yeah. So that, that counted as a defeat, and then Harry actually yeah. disarmed. Um, Draco, yeah, back at Mal, uh, when, when Malfoy in Malfoy Manor in the Deathly Hallows. So he he was like the true kind of master of of the mm. Elder Wand when he got to when he gets to yeah. Um, well, yeah. Also, one one of the other points is that I think the other reason why Snape steps Snape Snape steps in is because he's also made a promise. Yeah, right. to, oh, he's done the unbreakable vow, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, to Mal, Malfoy Malfoy's mother mm. to take care of him. Yeah. And to watch over and get him out. It's a deep movie. Yeah, I did the, the last bit. I mean, I'm I don't cry at films, but I always shed a tear when the wands go up at the end. And I love the fact that Luna's the first one to do it because she's. I, I mean, I love the Luna character anyway. I think she she she's doesn't really she doesn't really care what anyone else thinks. She's just going to do her own thing. But in that moment, she she knows what's needed, which I think she does a lot of the time. She knows what people need rather than what they should have if you know what i mean and i think when those all those one tips go up i just i was like yeah yeah that's that's just just nice that is a good good ending that's yeah so yeah on the list it is it's got three votes it was number five on mine so yeah i can't really add much more i've only i've only watched it once it was good (laughs) um (laughs) Steve, would it have been Full House? It would not. So this uh, is the first one that I have. It's hard because I don't want to rank any of them badly, but yeah. partly because I wanted to put Fantastic Beasts at seven. Um, and also there are there's just certain things about the Half-Blood Prince. I think it's so much 
tied up in it's the one where Dumbledore dies that I think almost the rest of the film kind of pales in comparison and it's a lot of build up to something that is a major plot point but it's kind of a lot of film time for not a lot of substance I think it's almost it's a, film to a really sad the moment, first isn't half it? of the something film. that you don't want to happen sorry I missed that I was just it's saying, it's a lot of build-up to a really sad moment that you don't necessarily want to happen, isn't it? Is that... Yeah, and I don't know, I think everything, like, once the cave sequence kicks in, and th that is brilliant, and Dumbledore's death is brilliantly done, and the wands and the tribute, Slughorn in it, for me, just does not do it as... I don't think he's... Snape's not the potion teacher anymore, Um the scenes in the classroom just kind of feel a bit thrown in to maybe add some light relief. There's They try and add quite a bit of comedy into it with the whole um, death of Aragog thing and Harry being on high, basically, on the luck potion. Um, the bit in the beginning with the sofa and them prodding it and everything. I just felt tonally the rest of the film is so dark that while you need some comic relief it just maybe doesn't fit because it's a, just a bit too silly almost um it's too forced isn't it katie, katie is it katie bell gets poisoned and you're just kind of like okay what yeah what's the point like <laughs> yeah. she yeah. lives like yeah. nothing really comes of the wine and it's just like i don't know it is the one that i think the reveal of snake being the half-blood prince was a bit rubbish in the film it's done in like a second and the whole film is called the half-blood prince and i feel like that kind of got swept under the carpet because it's so close to dumbledore's death and that i don't think you quite got the realization that you needed for snape's actually a major character um i think draco does a very good job in it tom fountain the whole scene in the bathroom the fight between him and harry and the Septim's Empress Bell, where he starts bleeding everything, is brilliantly done. But for me, it just didn't make it. Okay, okay. It's made it on the list with four votes, so it's there. So we have seven movies. Those movies are The Deathly Hammers Part 2, uh, Philosopher's Stone, Prisoner of Azkaban, Order of the Phoenix, The Goblet of Fire, Chamber of Secrets, and the Half-Blood Prince. No Fantastic Beasts. We... Steve, want to mention Fantastic Beasts? Because well, yeah. we've mentioned, we've completely... Say, what do you think, We've ignored them. There's three of them. I think that the second two that are out so far almost deserve to be ignored. The third one, I feel, is saving that sub-franchise a little bit. The second one was awful. It was the easiest ranking on mine because I knew it was going straight at the bottom. Um, the I, I first one, I, I remember had what sort of it's just like there, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it does not work. The um, I quite like the first one. The first one I had written off after seeing the second one, and I'd just forgotten about it basically. I rewatched them in preparation for this and I actually realised that the first one is actually quite a solid film. It tries to do something different. It takes us back after what it was five or six years to a familiar world that feels a bit different. We're getting something new. We're getting the American side. 
we're getting a bit of history to it. So that was my number seven that I felt maybe should have been on. It's the first film in the Wizarding World to win an Oscar. It's currently the only one to win an Oscar. Um, which I also thought was surprising. And yeah, Eddie Redmayne, good in it. Uh, Jacob is just a lovable character. Um, but I'm not overly mad as well. But it's no, I, I mean, I had it as seven, eight. I didn't know which way to put that and Chamber. So, um, yeah, I thought it was fun having watched it just the weekend. But I feel like it's definitely down to the bottom of this wizarding world. I, I, I think it tried to do... I think he tried to redo what the philosopher's phone had done. <laughs> it's, definitely, it's definitely another world building. Yes. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> it's its twig. Okay. It's got three legs, mate. It's it looks four. like it's got four, actually. <laughs> uh, uh, I, yeah, but I. I actually think that Fantastic Beasts would have been a very would have been a very good first film of a new series if the second one had actually built on it. And I don't think I don't think it did. And I think it kind of um, it they it tried it just tried to it was fan service the second one. It felt like they were just trying to cram in as many different plot points that had already been mentioned in the world. Yeah, no, I think it did. I think he did a very good job. I just, I think he tried to do too much. Whereas the first one was very much a case. This is a world. This is a magical story. It's a bit like the first Matrix film. It's a case of this is the story. This is this is the one little simple bit, and then the second one, you they go and throw everything at it. I think it was a case of oh, you know this world, so therefore we're going to tell you everything in one film, and. It did succeed, but it just doesn't feel natural. It just almost like, like they, they're giving you too much at once. They do, it, but the beasts, on the other hand, are really, really, really cool. Mm. Um, but by calling it Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, the second one's called Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes of Grindelwald, and there's hardly a beast in it. Yeah. It loses its point. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think it quite. They, they didn't know. I don't think she kind of knew what she was doing when going forward. And the only one we haven't actually mentioned is definitely how those part one. Is it? Is it just a setup movie? Just a setup movie. It's the weak sister of the the, the weak cousin. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think that's why it hasn't been mentioned. Although I will say that the best ride at Universal Studios. Where's the new world of Harry Potter? <laughs> is riding on Hagrid's motorbike and sidecar, and they recreate that scene from the opening of the movie, flying through the sky. So it gave you that. Um, <laughs> the Seven Potters is a brilliant set piece. Um, and the escaping and... from Gringotts as well, getting into and escaping. I know that's the next one, isn't it? That's, that's the, the next one. movie, yeah. And they awesome. made a ride out of that, and that's really good enough. <laughs> yeah. The, the death of Dobby that actually happens right at the end of yeah. Deathly Hallows Part 1, but I don't think that's enough. And it was so sad that you yeah. don't want to relive it that often. No, no. Yeah, so, unfortunately, I, I took my wife to see that just when, just after her father had died. It oh, was not. It, that was not my name, Jesus. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it wasn't my choice. She's <laughs> a Harry Potter fan. Um, 
And yeah, that really, that really got to it. And it does. It yeah. will always now. But um, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's really just a it's really just a the, travel movie. It's a road movie. Yeah. yeah what? Why did they have to wear the Horcruxes? I never understood that. Why did they have to put them on? It's my just, bag. I think I think the only thing there's loads of space in that bag. It's like no yeah. bag, isn't it? I just didn't understand why they had to yeah. wear them. The only thing I could think of was in case we lose the bag. I don't, I just, you know, yeah. just, just that's that's all I can like, like, Why are you putting that around your neck when you know it's making you more and more angry, yeah. more and more mm. unreasonable? Just stick it in the bag. But when you're all three of you sitting in the evening, just put it on the table. Yeah. Just just yeah. I, I, I can only think that she was like. I mean, I've nicked so much from Lord of the Rings. I'll nick something yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the actual thing I could think of. Yeah. Um, I did hear a very good comparison to, between Harry Potter series and Star Wars okay. recently. So this is a story about a boy who grows up with his aunt and uncle and then go, meets a guy who says he's going to teach him magic, um, takes him off uh, to fight a guy who used to know his dad. Oh, no, wait, that's Star Wars. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah, if they yeah, are yeah. when you when you word them yeah, yeah. like that, you go, hang on, there's there's actually quite a lot. Well, but, you know, there's a good story to it. Well, but it's just it's, it's you know, there's only it's, seven stories. It's, there, fantasy, it's fantasy archetype. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's like uh, Katniss Evergreen and everyone else. They're all pretty much the same. Yeah. Does anybody remember a series of books from when most of us were kids? Um, Steve, you'd have been a uh, Baby or younger. <laughs> would, um, Willy Wizard. Did you anybody ever read any Willy no, Wizard books? No, no. No. Well, so, I, but I do remember The Worst Witch. Yeah, my yeah, girls like The Worst Witch. My, my yeah. girls really into that. I remember actually reading the, re- the original sort of books before um, before they ever made a TV program out. Mm. And um, that it, it's the same yeah. things. Mm. Um, yeah. So really, she just, she just managed to get the right. JK got the right amount of everything, yeah. and then put in this plot plot line. I think the Willy Wizard people tried to sue JK Rowling, but oh, nice. really? But, well, yeah. Who hasn't? Is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who hasn't tried to sue? Yeah. 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 yeah, All right. Well, we've covered the Wizarding World, and we've got seven movies. We've got to narrow this down to a top five. So, Steve, which is the weakest of our top seven? So, the lowest one for me is the Half Blood Prince. Okay. Um, yeah. Ollie? Uh, Chamber of Secrets for me. Chamber. Uh, John? Uh, Phoenix for me. Okay. Uh, it's the Chamber of Secrets for me. And it's the Order of the Phoenix for me. Which means the Prince being the outlier has to decide between those two movies. Chamber of Secrets, go. Chamber of Secrets. Okay. Um, so I've got Order from me and John. Half love from Steve. Ollie, of what's left? I'd have said the Goblet of Fire. You'd have said the Goblet of Fire. And Rich? Uh, Yeah, I'd say Goblet of Fire, I think, out of what's left. (laughs) Steve, 
<laughs> you got to do it again. again. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Can I say Half Blood Prince again? Uh, so you said Half Blood Prince. So you've got to choose between the two votes again, which is two votes for Godlet of Fire and two votes for Remember Goblet of Fire. So Goblet of Fire has gone as well. So we have our top five. Our top five are The Deathly Hallows Part 2, The Prisoner of Azkaban, The Philosopher's Stone, The Half-Blood Prince, and The Order of the Phoenix. Can now, I just say that's my top five? I'm just... Uh, <laughs> top Not five. in that order. In in yeah. we, well, you might do. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> you might get me in the right one. Let's see. Um, so I've got order from me and John still, half blood from Steve. So Ollie, which of those five is number five for you? I'd have said the order of the phoenix as well. Order of the phoenix and Rich. Well, I said order of the phoenix last time, so stick with that. You said no. Did I say that last time? You said goblet of fire. Oh, I know. I'll have to check my list to see what. Hang on a minute. Don't do this. Oh, actually, no, you know what? I'm going to have to say Philosopher's Stone out of that lot. Okay. But mm. well, it doesn't matter. That. It doesn't matter because <laughs> with three votes, the Order of the Phoenix oh. is at number five. All right. Um, oh, so Half-Blood Prince from Steve, Philosopher's Stone from Rich. So, John, of what's left, what's the weakest film? Deathly Hallows. Part two. Part two. Ollie? Um, the Philosopher's Stone, isn't it? Philosopher's Stone. And I have the Half-Blood Prince. So, John? <laughs> Philosopher's Stone and Half-Blood Prince. Yes. Uh, Half Blood Prince. Half Blood Prince at number four. Steve. And what's left? There's only three left. What is the third? Let's go. Oh, let's go. So we've got Deathly Hallows Part Two, Philosopher's Stone, Philosopher's Stone, and The Prisoner of Azkaban. (laughs) I don't (laughs) want to rank any of them lower (laughs) than the others, but Prisoner of Azkaban. Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay. Um, John, you've given Deathly Hallows. And Ollie and Rich, you've done The Philosophers. I'm looking at my list. And Philosophers is at four. So Philosopher's Stone goes in at number three. Um, Steve's given his. John's given his. Ollie. Um, this is for the number one spot. You would like the number one. This is the number one. Azkaban and Deathly Hallows Part 2. Azkaban and Deathly Hallows Part 2. My my number one of those two would be The Prisoner of Azkaban. Okay. Okay. Um, Oh, don't make me choose. Don't make me choose. Which one's the best one? Kill your darlings. Kill your darlings. Is Um, it The Prisoner of Azkaban? Well, I have just had a look at my list and Prisoner of Azkaban is higher on my list. So that one is going to win. So I've got... But I don't like making the choice. <laughs> two Prisoner of Azkaban. Uh, Steve? Deathly Hallows Part 2. And 
I had the Deathly Hallows Part 2. <laughs> and John, which is the better one? Deathly Hallows Part 2 or The Prisoner of Azkaban? Well, Deathly Hallows is my number two. So, I The Prisoner of Azkaban is my number one. <laughs> <laughs> Prisoner of Azkaban, number one, and Deathly Hallows Part 2 at number two. Ranking the top five at number five. Is the Order of the Phoenix at number four? Is the Half Blood Half Blood Prince at number three? Is the Philosopher's Stone called? Can't speak. Um, number two, the Deathly Hallows Part Two, and the number one Harry Potter Universe movie is the Prisoner of Azkaban. Thank you very much, guys. We've done this in the room for the very first time, which is pretty epic, really. Um, <laughs> I can't believe we've done that. Um, thank you for joining us, everybody. Um, Ollie, you're, you're down the line. What have you got to say? Um, I don't think I've got anything to say. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, John? Uh, yeah. Um... I use my, my usual spiel. Um, we're going to, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, please get in touch with us on social medias, at, uh, all the socials at Five On Film Podcast. If you want to get in touch by email, if you're an old person, it's uh, Five On Film Podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to get, leave us voice messages, please feel free to do so at uh, anchor.fm forward slash Five On Film. There's a link on there. If you click on that, you'll be able to record a one minute, one minute last of whether you think that uh, Fantastic Beasts should be uh, included in the top five, or maybe Death the Hallows. Uh, may, maybe you want to tell us all about Snake's death scene and how tragic his love, his life was. Um, but please uh, get in touch. We like doing these. We'd like to keep on doing them. Give us some. We're running out of ideas. Give us some more. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Rich, thank you for joining us. Um, anything to sign off? No, just thank you for having me. It's been great fun. It's yeah. been good. It's been good. And Steve, thank you for joining us with your mountains of knowledge <laughs> on this subject. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything to sign off? It's, no, it's been really fun. To, I did it. Sort of was there almost with yeah. the rankings, just slightly different order. That's um, all right. That's yeah. all right. It's managed. Yes. <laughs> And uh, thank you for listening or watching us. Um, we've got a few more coming down the line. Um, and we'll see you soon. Good night. All views expressed in this podcast are that of the individual and do not represent the views of any entity whatsoever which they have been or will be affiliated with in the future.